What if you could have a career where the opportunities are as vast as our nation, where it's not about mission statements, but a shared mission? At U.S. Customs and Border Protection, we go beyond to protect more than borders, from ship to shore, air to ground, cities to local communities. CBP agents and officers are keeping people safe. Join U.S. Customs and Border Protection and go beyond for something far greater than yourself. Learn more at cbp.gov careers. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. On a hot summer night in Foxborough, Massachusetts, we kick off the 2022 NFL preseason as the Giants get set to take on the New England Patriots. Giants are the first and goal to seven. Drops back, throws a slant over the middle, caught for a touchdown. Richie James right in the middle of the end zone off to our left, and he gives the Giants the lead. They give it to Williams up the gut, diving for the goal line, touchdown. Antonio Williams. He puts the Giants on top, and he deserved that carry. He led them all the way down the field. Fourth down and one, Patriots going for it. Zappi out of the gun, out of the shotgun, takes the snap. Pressure coming, throws a slant, tip deflected and intercepted. Casey Kreider snaps it, Gillen puts it down, Gadeau's field goal is up, and it is good! At the horn, and the Giants win the first preseason game for Brian Dable. Way to compete for 60 minutes. Way to compete for 60 minutes. There was a lot of good things in our first game, and there was a lot of things we need to improve, all of us, okay? So it's just another step to keep on building our foundation of what we want to be. But I appreciate the effort and the competitiveness that you guys showed for 60 minutes. Welcome to season three of the Always a Giants podcast. I'm your host, John Janowski. With me, as always, my good friend and co-host, Corey Aaron. Tonight on the podcast, we're going to recap the good, the bad, and the ugly of the Giants' 23-21 Week 1 preseason win over the New England Patriots. Corey, it's Victory Monday. Hopefully there's a lot more of these this year instead of a couple like last year. Uh, but let's start with the good. What do you think the Giants did good, first and foremost? Well, I mean, we definitely felt good about it while watching it last week um, together, of course. You know, it, I guess it all kind of starts from the first drive where you're just like – that's how we got a first down barely barely Daniel Jones scrambling for five six yards whatever it was and a very risky scramble all right fine whatever man I mean it prolongs the drive it gets more plays for the first team offense and um you know it sucks because everyone says Everyone said, hi, Carter. Hi, you're on the podcast. That's my son right there. That's a big smile. Um, everyone says, like, how Saquon's a right-handed guy, so it's going to be easier to go on the right side with Glowinski and Evan Neal. Meanwhile, no, the first three plays were designed to go through Evan um, – I'm sorry, through Andrew Thomas and, uh, and Shane Lemieux. 
And um, there was one big hole. What was his? Do you know what his longest gain was uh, in that in that first drive? Saquon. Yeah, uh, it was probably around six yards. Pretty sure. I thought it was a little, maybe like seven, but all right, I gotcha. Yeah, and then of course that um, that third and five near the red zone was a nice little um, route running to the sideline for six yards for the first down. So. Yeah, I mean, look, I mean, definitely a good sign to see him. Um, what, what was it? The one stat on NBC, he had four carries throughout his entire career in preseason. Yeah. <laughs> and he doubled that, you know, with four carries the other night. So I give him like a B minus, you know, I don't I don't know. It, I, the jury's still not out, in my opinion. What do you what do you think so far on Saquon, at least? I mean, I think it was obviously it was a very small sample size what you saw on Thursday night, but I mean you saw progress. Remember we talked about this, you know, uh, you know, at nauseum a couple times that what is going to help this offense is a solid running game, and if Saquon can get three, four, five yards on first down, which the running game did phenomenal the entire night from Saquon Barkley all the way to Antonio Williams, Gary Brightwell, Corbin played well as well. I mean, you know, when you can get those three, four yards on first down and you're not looking at third and 12, third and 15, it makes those third downs, like that third and six was so much more manageable than, say, a third and 13. Yeah, no doubt. I mean, I, I get it. Like, you know, first team uh, did not play for the Patriots, but – it looks like out of the carousel of offensive line coaches like Rob Sale, Mark Colombo, the other DeGugliamo, or you know what I mean? Like these, all these guys, they all sucked. They were all trash for offensive line coaches. These coaches matter to build your units up. Each and every one of them matter. And Bobby Johnson so far gets like an a plus gets an a freaking plus so far because he's got that he's got everyone's talking about you know we're losing bodies in the offensive line right now and we are mckeithen yep. is gone um lemieux. obviously what was that lemieux yeah lemieux is the biggest loss right now and now josh exudu is not even practicing this week so now you got ben bredesen out there as the left guard who looked good in the preseason because he, he had some meaningful games where he played last year for us. But a lot of people looked pretty good last week, honestly, and in, in that offensive line unit. So a big credit to Bobby Johnson, honestly, for, for coming on board. He was the only coach I saw signing autographs during FanFest. Um, he got himself involved in that scrummage between Feliciano and, and Cam Brown and, and that crazy practice when Saquon absolutely pummeled Aaron Robinson. And I put emphasis on it because that was the shittiest performance that you can ever imagine from a number two cornerback. I get it. He didn't really play last year, honestly. It's basically like his rookie year. But I have so much shit to say about this guy, man. You want to get burnt by a no-name guy two plays in a row, and because you, uh, the quarterback, uh, Hoyer, threw a bad pass in the end zone, 
and you want to celebrate. Now, John, I know you said about Aaron Robinson, you know, a big deal. He didn't really celebrate that. You know what? You're an idiot. Get on to the next play, okay? Get on to the next play. Terrible, terrible. He was the ugliest out of everyone, basically. He was the bad. The ugly is the injury. The bad is Aaron Robinson right now. Yeah, I mean, Aaron Robinson, and and what made it worse, I think, for me with Aaron Robinson was he got beat. It was three plays. They ran the same play twice. The first one was an incomplete, and they ran the exact same play again on the third play. That one was completed, and then the one in the end zone where, I mean, don't get me wrong, that shouldn't have been a taunting penalty. He was literally waving incomplete like all defensive backs do, even when the ball is not anywhere near them or they don't even make a play on it. They do it all the time. So, I mean, I I I get it. It's the preseason for the reps, too. But that was definitely a glaring, glaring issue. I mean, you just hope, you know, week two of the preseason, they played the Bengals, and I just saw it, too. So, this actually throws out the window what I had told you early in the week that potentially the Giants might actually start their starters for the first half. Well, the Bengals aren't playing any of their starters week two, so that probably all just went out the window. Oh, okay. Interesting, honestly. Interesting. So they're not even, you know, that's not exactly good in terms of real reps, right? I mean, obviously you're out there in the new offense and this and that. First off, I want to apologize. You can see, you know, I'm like, why? Like anyone that listens to us, like, why is Corey so, why is he cursing so many times right now? Why is he so heated? What's wrong? It's because the Yankees collapse right now. Let's be honest here. When you score eight runs in 60 innings, I get it. I I get it. They were off to such a great start. They have a 10-game lead. This is Giants podcast. I can talk any team, any sport, no matter to anybody, to anybody. I haven't met a single soul on this planet that has as much like versatility as I do. It is what it is. There's nothing really to fucking brag about. I'm just saying I am so heated right now about the New York Yankees. They fucking suck. I have to get it out of my system. I'm so mad right now. Their lineup is like literally you can't watch it. It's unwatchable. It's unwatchable, John. Tell I mean, you know it. You talk to me all the time about it with all the updates. It's 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 kind of ridiculous at this point. Like I, I'm tired. It's ridiculous. Of that. I'm tired of seeing Aaron Hicks. I don't want to see Josh Donaldson in the four or the three the hole four. again. Like, I, you know what I mean? Like, I get it. They have injuries. All right, DJ's out now. Stanton, but there was good news on Stanton today that he did go out and he had a full workout pregame before tonight's game. And he said he felt good, so it might he might be coming back sooner rather than later, hopefully. But I mean, right now, uh, you know, I could care less if they won or lost at this point, especially. Well, them. I apologize to your father, who's going to be listening to every episode, and other loyal people. Hell, even Chuck Knox listens supposedly. Amen yeah. to that. Let's go. If there's anyone that likes the cursing, it's him. And when he comes on, hopefully, in the next few weeks, whenever he wants to, it'll be explicit city, hopefully in a Giants victory, because any Giants victory in a real meaningful regular season game to start off the season, I wouldn't even give a shit about the Yankees right now. Because at the end of the day, 
I bleed blue. The New York Giants are the number one team to my heart. It's just been a lot of frustration, clearly. But um, back back to, obviously, you know, last week's game. I mean, I guess, well, you want to go back to the positives? The positives. What other kind of positives would you say? Yeah, I mean, Darian Beavers, right, obviously stood out, number 41. Great instincts out there. I, I love seeing this guy out there, bro. I really – I really do. And I know, and it, you know what? McFadden was kind of thinking, Hey, I was drafted a couple rounds before you. I need to do a couple things out there too. And he, and he was tied with four tackles to lead the way that day. So both those rookie linebackers, I would assume they have to crack the rotation this year in a week, uh, in a week depth of, of linebackers aside from Aziz and Blake, right? Yeah, I mean, you de- I definitely see both of them, McFadden and Beavers, both uh, cracking the rotation at some point. I don't know if it's going to be week one, week two, but it'll definitely be somewhere down the road. I know Jahad Ward already got hurt in camp, so I feel like they should be getting more of the number one reps right now, uh, just getting them ready for this season. And another thing that was very impressive, too, we touched on in the beginning, how good the offensive line was. If you want to go run down the stats of our running backs from that game, Antonio Williams, nine carries, 61 yards, almost seven yards a carry. Gary Brightwell, seven for 40, almost six yards a carry. And even Sandro Platzgummer, who came in on that last drive to set up the game-winning field goal, he had three for 21. That's seven yards a carry. I mean, that's, you know, that's exactly what I was talking about. You know, a running game could really make those third downs so much more manageable, and that could be consistent, you know, the, the – I never played a lick of football. This is where people tune out when they hear that. No, but seriously, I never played a lick of football. I love it. We went to Fan Fest and I got something out of it. I was like, there are some people that are popping out to me right now. Number 21, Antonio Williams looked great in that Fan Fest. Mm-hmm. Uh, Colin Johnson, number 15, looked great in that Fan Fest. Seven catches. I know he had that bad fumble being popped out. Unfortunate. It's going to happen, obviously. But these guys, it translated to to that preseason game. So, I, and, and I pointed it out to you. I'm like, there are some, those guys stuck out to me at FanFest, and it translated really well. And you know what? Not for nothing, I, I, what was it, like episode one, I'm bringing up to uh, Bobby Skinner, our first interview about the UDFAs, undrafted free agents of Jay Sean Corbin, number 25, uh, Tomon Fox, number 47. You're probably like, why do you have to name all the numbers? Because it's, you know, for, for your knowledge and education, oh, that was the guy on the field. Yes. Number 47, Tomon Fox. We finally got to see him play. And he, and he caused a couple, uh, you know, a couple pressures right there at, um, at defensive end. And, and Corco looked okay, too, at the safety. Those three guys looked good out there. Yeah, Cordell Fly looked good, too. And, I mean, unfortunately, he got hurt, which, I, you know, we don't know how to the extent of the injury. We know it's a groin. That's really all we know. I mean, it was – I mean, you could take a lot of positives from one preseason game. I mean, a lot of people – I mean, Kenny Galladay has been getting killed on Twitter for that drop at the goal line, and I get it. I get it. Even Carl Banks said it on the broadcast. If he would have ran through and ran that play all the way through to the touchdown every time, twice on Sundays. 
but he didn't, and I get it because it's it's the preseason. Like you're not, you know what I mean? If there's a safety coming over the middle, you know you don't want to get knocked out. You know what I mean? Well, we saw a couple of good things, obviously from from FanFest. There was a couple of that well, that first red zone touchdown to the to the corner. Uh, Galladay hauled it in, and then there was another little slant into the end zone. So I, they're definitely going to look for Galladay for the end zone. And yeah, I mean, I don't know he, with the way he if he did catch the ball, would he have extended his six? his six foot four frame for the first down would have extended it to the touchdown. I'm not really sure, honestly, but not a good start, obviously for Kenny Galladay at all. You said the other day that the surgeon that did his hip surgery, he's never going to be the same. I don't know what kind of um, physical that they had last off season to bring him on board. But that's it's not it's not a good sign, honestly, when Colin Johnson is looking like Kenny Galladay a little bit out there. Yeah, I mean, I think Colin John he had a great first game, like you said, aside from that fumble. And, you know, looking at that fumble, that was just a great play by the defensive back punching the ball out. I mean, you know, you really it was I get it. You want to hold it high and tight and you, you want to prevent things like that from happening. But that was just a great play by the defensive back. He made a good play on the ball. He knocked it out and they got it. But he recovered from that. You know what I mean? A lot of people, especially in the preseason, you fumble, and now you feel like you're on on the hot seat. You're like, all right, everybody's watching me now, and they're going to give me another chance like you had mentioned while we were watching. They're going to give him another chance, and it's about what he did with that other chance. I mean, he caught a couple passes on that opening drive, but then he went out there um, after that for the rest of the game, and I think he had uh, five catches for around 56 yards. So, like – you know, he did his best with his second opportunity. And I feel like Colin Johnson is doing the things that people expect from Kenny Galladay. Yeah, six foot six. Um, he's, he's probably going to make this team as uh, one of the wide receivers. I mean, you know, to be determined on, on what's what with, uh, with Darius Slayton only out there for that first series. Um, made that 17 yard, you know, yards after catch play, which was nice. Um, the little roundabout, uh, as, uh, the, the running back, I guess in that moment, um, only a few yards, but still, I mean, I, I don't know if you're going to get much trade value out of him and I don't know. I mean, I, I expect him to probably make this team and be part of weeks one 52 man roster. Um, I guess the really the the big story out of last week's game was whoa Tyrod Taylor looked pretty good. He looked pretty good. He looked comfortable. He doesn't look skittish like Daniel Jones does. He he called some some balls in the air. You know, threw it pretty comfortably. Aside from the last few plays to end off the first half, um, he found he found Richie James who had that crazy tip ball catch and then obviously into the end zone. So, you know, the big question obviously is, is Tyrod Taylor look more comfortable in this offense. Yeah. And it was funny too, because I was watching, they had posted the sights and sounds from the win. Right. So when Richie James caught that touchdown, he came to the sideline and I forget who came up to him. Oh, I think it was Slayton. Slayton comes up to him and goes, what was that route? And Richie James started laughing. He's like, it's called get open. It's like backyard football. You know what I mean? <laughs> he, 
he ran that little in cut and then realized he wasn't open. And then just, you know, that just shows, shows how different this offense is where they're able to do things like that. Because if they would have did that in Jason Garrett's offense and say it didn't work, you would have got off the field and you would have been crucified for not running the play that was called on the field. But that time it worked and he scored a touchdown and it's all fine, whatever it's preseason. But I mean, the way I look at it, that just shows how comfortable some of these, you know, then like I said before, these are the things that Kenny Galladay should be doing. He should be the one that's, you know, redirecting routes. If it's not there, you know, right off the jump, go somewhere, you know, he's not doing those things and Kyle, you know, and, uh, you know, he did and he got open, you know, and he was open on a couple, like he didn't have his stats aren't like, weren't crazy. You know what I mean? Like he didn't have, um, Richie, so Richie had, James. Yeah. He had three catches for 44 yards, but when well, he, he didn't, got, he didn't play a lot of series. He played mostly that second quarter. And then that mm-hmm. second half was pretty much number five. Keelan, uh, Keelan Doss, who, yeah. One has, yeah, has the he has a pretty good physique. He has the button. I'm kind of, you know, I'm convinced as to why they are targeting him so much. He's he's terrible, but um, not Richie James. I mean, if he played a full four quarters, makes you kind of, um, you know, curious as to can this guy hack it um, in a meaningful game? I'm not sure. That's why we got two more preseason games to kind of fight it out. These guys are sort of, it's doggy dog out there. I mean, another thing with Richie James, he's celebrating on, on the sidelines. He's trying to talk to number 82, Robert Foster Foster. I mean, I don't know. There's no, they're not mic'd up, but it didn't seem like he had much of a response to Richie James at all. Um, he was just kind of sipping his Gatorade cup. And um, and I don't know. You know, it's, it's these guys are going to battle it out, obviously. Yeah, I mean, you got to look at it. It was the first preseason game. I mean, you, you know, I, everybody's got the jitters. A lot of people talked about Thibs, like, you know, Kayvon. Um, you know, he didn't get to the quarterback, but he did. He did uh, force that off sides, and I'm pretty sure somebody had talked to him about it post game. And you know that just shows that a, a guy, even even when he's not coming off the ball, Rushton, he's already in your head that I got to make that first quick step so he doesn't get around me. So when you're getting guys to jump off sides like that pre snap, you know that just—I mean—he's been in the backfield the entire training camp. I mean. I don't know if it's a good thing or a bad thing, what that says about our offensive line, but at the end of the day, Thibodeau, Kayvon Thibodeau is going to be a problem, and I feel like he has the potential to be the defensive rookie of the year this year. I, I Maybe. Just... Maybe. We, I don't know for sure. I'm not going to grant anybody my blessing just yet, but um, he looks like a presence out there on the field. You didn't have number 99, Leo, out there. You didn't have Blake Martinez. You didn't have Aziz Ojolari, who finally was just activated, which is a great sign. Yeah. Um, so when you add these kind of guys out there together, hopefully, right? I mean, it feels like everyone's getting banged up. Everyone is not practicing now, um, which that's football for you. But, when, you know, when it comes down to it, when you have all these names out there on defense, um, 
you know, you have to you have to hope that they're going to get to Tannehill, that they're going to cause some havoc. I mean, certainly that run that run stop better be. I don't know, but better buckle up, lace up those cleats, and uh, and hope you can do something when it comes to stopping King Henry out there in Week One. Um, yeah. But when it comes when it comes to those passing plays, um, we're we're I think we're going to see some success hopefully in, in, in that Week One. And you also mentioned Cordell Flott's name. You know, I'm a you know steadily becoming a Cordell Flott fan. And, uh, you know, not much was passed towards him, but in that first series had a good tackle, a couple coverage plays. Then he got banged up a little bit in his groin. We didn't really see any injury, but, uh, maybe it was just precautionary. I haven't heard any updates on Cordell Flott, but you know, if that's the case, sign me up, man. I'll take him as the CB number two across from a Dory Jackson. Yeah, I mean, he played well. I mean, in the limited reps that he had, he played well. And, I mean, you look at – I mean, Aaron Robinson, they're going to throw Aaron Robinson there out at CB2 until he proves that he cannot be the CB2. And then your other options are like, oh, we move over Darnay Holmes. But I don't even think you mess with Darnay Holmes right now because Darnay Holmes had seven interceptions in 13 days of camp. Like, do you know how ridiculous that is? Seven interceptions in 13 practices. That's nuts. Repeat that again, John. It's 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 mayhem in my house right now with, with my son losing it out there. So repeat that again for everyone. Darnay Holmes had seven interceptions in 13 days of training camp. Wow. Seven. Wow. Yeah, number 30. Um, what do they call him? The the. The, the the dirty thirty, I dirty think, is what they're calling him right now. Yeah. So, yeah, no, I'm 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 excited for this defense when when they're all out there together. I'm curious to see what happens. We didn't see, we only saw one sack last week's game. To, I'm not even, I don't even remember the guy that did it. Someone, someone on the secondary that you know got in on a blitz, which was nice, obviously. Um. But I'm telling you, man, I mean, if if, you, if you're the weak link. We lost you, Corey. Uh, he was getting picked apart. Evans. Um how oh, you, you you hope kind of that you know if you have that one week link i mean how does that work i mean you ex- you probably expect aaron robinson to be the cornerback number two does he have mckinney kind of shadowing over him on that side of the field what do you sort of expect um going into you know the season with sort of the weak link right now I mean, obviously, obviously it's going to, you know, you're going to see, I think he's going to get a lot of help, you know, whether it's Julian Love, whether it's Xavier McKinney, depending on mm-hmm. what the formation is, he's definitely going to get help. And on the times that he doesn't, doesn't have help and, you know, either they're blitzing McKinney or they're blitzing Love or, you know, they're coming up in the box to stop the run, whatever the case may be, he's going to have to learn how to play one-on-one. And I mean, that was unfortunate. Like you saw, like I mentioned before, those three, specific plays 
they ran the, that play the first time, and it was a bad throw. It was still bad coverage. The guy was open. He could have caught it. But then they literally ran that same play two plays later, the exact play with that wide receiver, and then he gave up the catch. And it's like, all right, well, you got to learn from those mistakes. I mean, that's what preseason's for. That's what, what it's all about is to, you know, correct your mistakes. And I'm sure – you know, when they got back to New Jersey and they sat down and they went over film, they're like, hey, Aaron, watch this. Like, this is what you did wrong. This is what you need to do next time. And hopefully, hopefully in this Bengals game coming up on Sunday, we can see him make some of those corrections. So when we come on here next Monday, we're saying, hey, well, look, they ran a play that was very similar to the play that he gave up against the Patriots, but he was in the right place, made a play and it was incomplete or maybe even an interception. You know, that's the progress you want to see from preseason game to preseason game. Yeah, I mean, and, and again, you know, I don't, I don't mean to chew apart, you know, this one guy, but it's definitely it's – a, it's a red flag. It's a red flag. It's, it's a weakness. And um, because it wasn't, a, it wasn't against Kendrick Bourne, it wasn't against, you know, who else do they have? Um, Nelson Aguilar, I think. I don't know. They, they, you know. It wasn't against any of those guys. And none of those guys are that great of receivers anyways. It was against, you know, it was against no name. So it, it's definitely something where, all right, I mean, we'll, give you, we'll give you a couple more cracks at it. But to me, your leash is not as long because you got number 28 in Cordell Flott, who is also a third round draft pick this year, who looks, looks a little bit more confident, who looks a little bit more polished. That's just in my opinion so far, good, good raves about Cordell Flott and training camp. And, and that one series drive, they weren't really targeting him. Maybe there's a reason why he wasn't targeted too much out in LSU. I don't know how that is because LSU gave up so many points last year and had a terrible season as a program, right. um, which is rare for their program. But that's 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 pretty much it. I think we covered much of the ground. I mean, I also kind of have a little bit of a prediction. I think Chris Myrick, number 85, I think he's going to be our starting tight end over Bellinger. Um mm-hmm. Well, who knows? That's just my opinion, honestly. I don't know how you feel about that. I don't even know why we signed Jordan Akins. The guy has played meaningful snaps at tight end before. Barely even saw him out there. You barely even hear his name in conversation, honestly. I mean, and the other, their other tight end, Ricky Seals-Jones, he's getting cut. He has not practiced once since training camp is open. It's like, you know, you're talking about it, and it's like, all right, cool. Like he was a he was a decent player. He was nothing special. Let's let's not get ahead of ourselves with that. Like he was all right. He was definitely you know formidable for the position. Okay, they needed a you know a veteran. They brought in a veteran, and then like I don't even understand like what what his injury is because they don't really talk about injuries or anything like that too much in depth. But he's like he hasn't been out there at all. So and the one other positive I wanted to point out. We have a new punter, Jamie Gillian. Forgot about that, yes. He had four punts for 195 yards, an average of 48.8 average. Yeah. Unfortunately, none of them were downed inside the 20. But, you know, we talked to, I forget who it was, it was Paul or Lance who had brought up the, you know, the whole Giants punting situation and how they want to be used 
in certain situations. And I feel like he's the type of guy that, you know, if you tell him to go out there, hey, we need you to, you know, put it out at the five, he can do those things. You know, this was, you know, it's preseason, so they're not telling you to do things like that. It's not situational punting or anything like that. He was just punting it to get the work in. And he did a good job. I mean, you know, when you're averaging almost 50 yards a punt on four punts consecutively, you know, yeah not only that but he has a little more hang time to his punts too where it, it gives the special teams coverage um more of a chance to get down there which uh, pointing this out um thomas mcgahee was pretty much the only one from recent um, regimes that was kept on this this current staff as special teams coordinator and um, I don't know. It wasn't it wasn't great coverage, honestly, at all on our special teams part. So not good on that end. And especially me, especially me pointing out that Jamie Gillian gave the special teams a chance to, you know, make his punts look look reasonable and legit. Mm-hmm. Um, so they need to uh, they need to work better on these special teams. Obviously, going forward, you need. They still can't seem to figure out someone that's going to take kickoff returns or punt returns. Um, so that's that's like another thing, obviously. Really, the only thing reliable, you know, at least consistently that you can rely on is is Graham Gano. It yeah. was four for four, obviously, out there. But, yeah, Jamie Gillian, um, again, he doesn't have the biggest boot in the world, but definitely definitely an upgrade so far from what we can see over Riley Dixon. Uh, yeah, hundred percent. I mean, you know, the punt. I mean, obviously, he had that one punt where you had mentioned the hang time, and the hang time it kind of hung up there so long. By the time the coverage got there, you know, their return man was, you know, halfway down the field at that point. But I mean, that's another thing that I feel like the Giants will be able to, you know, they'll be able to work on stuff like that. Maybe not you know, getting getting their guys in the right position. And, you know, obviously in the preseason, the special teams units, you know, they get swapped. It's, you know, every, every you know, punt or kickoff, it seems like it's a different group of guys on the field. It's not going to be like that week one. You're going to have your set group of special team guys on punts and kickoffs and stuff like that. So I feel like, you know, once they get that core group of guys, and I, I said this to somebody the other day, I feel like Corbin, somebody had asked uh, if the Giants might keep four running backs. And I said yes. And the only reason I did say yes was because Corbin plays special teams and he also returns kicks. Um, okay, but here's the thing. There's, you know, Matt Burita obviously didn't need to play last game. They know what he basically brings to the table. Um, so you got Saquon, Matt Burita, number two. And then, yeah, these these next three guys, though, one of these guys will not make the team. So Gary Brightwell, and the, and you even said it too, John. You're like, boy, this guy almost had like 70 yards or should have had it close to it in the first half. Right. But he got negated back with two penalties on the offensive oh, line. Okay. So, and he looked, he looked good. Antonio Williams, who had one of those good special teams tackles, Ran for 61 yards, as he said. Looked good. Jay Sean Corbin had five catches to go along with looking pretty good out there. 
So it's going to be a battle. It, one of them definitely will not make this team, but I would have to agree with you that they're probably going to have four four guys on this team at the running back spot. Yeah, I mean, it's going to be interesting because I feel like this week coming up, you're going to see I, – I just – this is just my, what I think. I think Sandra Platt's who only got three carries at the end of the game, you're going to see a lot more of him in the second half of this upcoming game against the Bengals because he really didn't get that many touches. You know, Antonio Williams had nine, Gary Brightwell had seven, Corbin had six. Platt's only had three, and that was on the last drive. So I feel like Platzcomer, they're going to give him his shot in the second half in this Bengals game, see what he could do. And, I mean, the thing is with Platzcomer, I'm not 100% sure about this, but he's an international player as well as that guy from Nigeria. Um, so he technically wouldn't count against their 53. If I read that right earlier, I'm almost 100% sure he wouldn't count against the 53 because he's considered an international player but I'm pretty sure you can only keep one international player. So it'd either be have to be Roy and Batika or Sandra Plotzgummer. And that what I think is going to be interesting if that indeed is the case. But again, I'm not hundred percent sure on that. Yeah. And uh, you know, it's funny with all the interviews that we've had, which have been terrific. Um, it really has, but nobody has mentioned, I'm not saying he's like some, standout guy but fifth round pick this year dj davidson defensive tackle from uh, oklahoma state that guy's out there he's getting a lot of reps out there the defensive tackle spot is you know there's you know if there's ever a spot to crack the rotation that's one of the spots right there you could be seeing him his name out there honestly i just wanted to at least throw his name out there and give him some kind of credit yeah, no, definitely. I mean, you're going to see yeah. a lot of you're going to see a lot of these guys. A lot of these guys are going to get a lot of playing time on Sunday. You know, a lot of the second and third team guys because you know they're making tomorrow at four o'clock. You know, we're going to see three cuts. You know what I mean? Uh, they signed a, a cornerback earlier today uh, that was on the Bills Bills practice squad last year. Um, but so that means they have three they have to cut three people by four o'clock tomorrow and i'm just assuming because they picked up a defensive back that either 37 or 38 is getting cut tomorrow (laughs) yeah gilbert or evans right there's no way you know you don't pick up a cornerback and then keep keep them both there's no way one of them will get cut tomorrow if not both of them it's very entirely possible Look, Quincy Roche was one of the the guys that we had picked up from the Steelers last year. Uh, even though he was he was just a rookie, so crazy how he got caught so quickly. So yeah, I mean, you know, Joe Shane on the broadcast with Bob Papa and Carl Banks clearly said we're going to continue trying to improve this team, and um, it, it's all a matter on other guys that get caught. And if the price is right to bring them in, then then that's what we'll do. So there could be a couple other guys out there that will contribute to this team that we just don't know of yet. Um, so looking forward to that. Uh, Yankees are now losing 4 nothing. So mm-hmm. There goes the first game, obviously. Wasted performance for Garrett Cole. Again. Um, Daniel Jones went 6 for 20 today by the way <laughs> two targets for kenny galladay no catches so the good the bad the ugly huh so i guess it continues it just uh it just keeps on 
keep it on basically I, I don't know what the saying is but you know so far so far you know it was encouraging i guess the first preseason game kind of sucks that the Bengals uh will not have their first team guys out there um but you know what you you look for more synergy you look for more connection with everybody out there for the second game hopefully no major injuries and uh that's that's pretty much it that's all i got for tonight john yeah all right Corey, send us off G-Man. hello it is ryan and i was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on chumbacasino.com i looked over the person sitting next to me and you know what they were doing they were also playing chumba casino coincidence i think not everybody's loving having fun with it chumba casino is home to hundreds of casino style games that you can play for free anytime anywhere even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at chumbacasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's chumbacasino.com and live the chumba life. No purchase necessary. VGW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.